Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is the show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. I am thrilled for my incredibly vibrant guest today. But before I introduce her, I just want to give a shout out to my sponsors at Blue Chew. If you're having problems with your performance in the bedroom, try Blue Chew. You can try the first month for free. Just pay $5 in shipping. Go to bluechew.com and use code Holly. Okay, so my next guest has actually been on the show twice, but very briefly at conventions. I've wanted to have her on for a full interview for a very long time, and I'm so excited to have her here. Um, She's one of my favorite people to work with. She's like a combination of sexy and intelligent and funny and awkward and adorable and all of those things in one. May I please introduce you, the one and only Demi Sutra. Ah, thank you so much. Yay! Do I look here? Yes, no, look at me. Okay, great. Look at me. (laughs) It's so good to be here. It's finally. I know, I know, finally. And we also have your lovely dog who's favoring Ernie right now. Yeah. So we'll we'll cut to her when she decides to make an appearance. Yeah, she's got lots of fans. And uh, what's her full name? Lucifer Lucille Elizabeth Wilson Sutra. Wow. What made you decide to give her so many names? Well. Does each one like have a meaning to you? No. I just like her personality is so extra and over the top and ridiculous. And so I just kept naming her. And so now she needed to have like my... My last name and then my also my porn last name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just Lucy for short. Okay. Lucy but with short. an I. God damn Lucy it. with an I. Okay. Lucy with an I. Can we can you come to the front of the desk so everybody can hey see girl, you? Come here. Come here. How can I like show you off? Aww. Oh, and she wore her cute thing. Aww. She's so cute. 
so cute. Oh this is the first time we've ever had a dog on the show. Oh, my God. Oh, hello. Yes, please say something. <laughs> Sniffing the mic. Oh, my God. So Fucking cute. Adorable. I'm taking this thing home. I love her. Anyway, yeah. So, Demi. Yes. Why has it taken you so long to come on my show? Oh, my God. I'm just, like, so mm. busy and important. Mm. Total lies. Mm. I, am. I like, struggle deeply with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your shows bring that out. It gives, like, um, a really good... Um, I guess, introduction for fans to get to know who they're watching on a deeper level. And I feel like I um, both run from it and then also into it at the same time Mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, online um, I can be very confrontational and upfront about how I feel and then I carry that throughout my career but when it comes to like me being cracked open like with somebody, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely more difficult. So I've I've never really done uh, anything like this, and um, yeah, it's been a long time coming, and it's really good to be here. Well, I'm honored to have you here. Yeah. <laughs> and if any point you feel like uncomfortable, we're getting too vulnerable or or too like deep into it, you can always just like. Pull your tits out or, like, Flip show your table. butthole. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever, like, gets yeah. you back in that, Means like, safe space. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So um, I guess we'll start, you know, let's start at the beginning. How, what led you down this long, illustrious path of working in the adult industry to end up here at our table today? How did you get started? Oh, Jesus. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Well, I had always been very attracted to um, sensual, sexual, sexy women. Um, I've always, like, I grew up with a very strict mom in a strict household. Um, Like, grades were very important. Um, Your mom's a teacher, right? Yeah, she taught for 35 years. Um, So, like, she was very, like, one way. And then I'm, like, this completely opposite way from her where I'm, like, she's very, like, organized and, like, by the book, and I'm, like, absolutely not. And so I guess, like, growing up like that, I, I, I will, I could possibly say that, Strict parenting, because, you know, there's always that argument. I think strict parenting might actually do the, like, restrictive slingshot effect, Mm -hmm. or at least on me it had that, because I was very, like, cookie cutter. We do our hair this way, and we we go to school, and this is what we do, and we're very serious and very American. And, like, so I think all those things kind of made me, like, fuck it, like, and Mm -hmm. just, I I had always been very um, attracted to sexual, sexually, energetically, like, driven women, and, like, I I mean, I grew up with, like, a poster of Beyonce on the wall, and I, I, um, 
yeah, I guess I just like I've always been attracted to it. And I started off working at restaurants like twin. I worked at Twin Peaks. So in New Mexico, where I'm, I'm from, Twin Peaks is like um, comparable to Hooters. Okay. Oh. Or like, oh, oh, I get it. You now. guys have Ojos Locos <laughs> here? No. Uh-huh. Okay. And so these are what you would call restaurants. Restaurants. Yeah. Literally, this was in my paperwork when I got the job. Wait, it said like, welcome to the restaurant? Like, yeah. restaurant application? Yeah. And they would like encourage us. Like, it was in my paperwork. Like, Okay, like you need to sit with the guests, flirt with the guys. And so I fucking loved it. I was having a blast. And I always looked at porn stars and they always had like these like huge tits and like long blonde hair at the time. And like I thought that was just it. And that that was like the image that was put onto me growing up as like sec- the sexiest thing because you know you see Marilyn Monroe and then I remember watching the Playmates and like loving that I loved Kendra especially because she was so like like oh yeah I get down and dirty but I'm also like a goofy little slut and mm-hmm. I I loved that I was attracted to that so I watched that paired with Tyra Banks on, like, what, America's Next Top Modeling. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, I think where I got um, the idea that I really wanted to be that and embody that, especially, like... um, So I feel like I'm, like, a mix of those types of things. Like, they heavily influenced me. It's uh, also Queen of the Damned, like that movie. Like literally, I just watched it. That was starring Aaliyah, right? Yeah, starring Aaliyah, Queen of the Damned, cult classic. Like one of the most impactful movies I've ever watched because you just see like this beautiful black like queen in in like gold jewelry and like she's a vampire and she doesn't give a fuck and she just embodies the dark feminine energy Mm -hmm. and I was like it's over like I worked I worked at the little like the restaurants I even worked at Hooters and then I started stripping Mm. and it was at first it started as a joke so tell me about like that first stripping experience (laughs) So I go, and it's, like, two of my girlfriends, and we go out, and it's, like, a, um, it's amateur night. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's, like, nothing Mm -hmm. crazy, but the prize is, like, 200. And they were, like, encouraging me, and one of the strippers encouraged me. I was, like, okay, some hottie with tits in my face is telling me to do something. I'm probably going to do it. So... I I joined their amateur night and I remember just like winning and I remember like standing up there on that fucking stage. This actually I won and then I, they had me come back because they were like you can work here and I remember standing up on that stage like at this point I had gotten the pleaser heels and the little like stripper store outfit and like I stood up and I like look around and everyone's fucking eyes are on me. And at that point I was like, 
Yes. Like, this is fucking power. I'm just, like, literally this dainty little thing getting everyone to fucking stare at me and, like, give me that. Because I grew up not, like, full-on ugly duckling story. So Mm. that's where I was, like, I fully embodied my power. And I think that happens time and time again throughout life as a woman or a a person who's in tune with their sexual energy. I think Mm -hmm. it happens repeatedly. But that was, like, my first one. And then, yeah, I guess I I went for, you know, relationships happen. Every guy I've ever dated has made me quit my sex job. Um, So I ended up quitting and then getting a regular job, and then that sucked, unfulfilled. And then I end up looking on... Online, Like, I I was in a relationship with this guy, and I was going to marry him. And then he got abusive, unfortunately, Mm. and, like, was, like, an alcoholic. And so I left. I was, like, I'm 100% done. And then we – I was, like, looking online at, like, sexyjobs.com. Like, all these, like (laughs) – Does that site still exist? I don't think it still exists, but – it was like Craigslist, sexyjobs.com. I was like very like interested in like what I could get myself into. And it was very like not the safest way to do it. I would never suggest anyone to do it how I did it, but I just pretty much found an ad and it was like I remember word for word, it was like this girl like laying on a beach, like And it was like, would you want to be on vacation and also make money? And I was like, (laughs) I'm going to fucking think that's me. Yeah, (laughs) it's me. And so, yeah, that's how I got fucking flown out to Miami, Florida with um, one of the shadiest agents I have run into. Um. But that was my start, and I, I that was, like, what I was, like, fucking 22 in Miami, and I I shot a couple things, like, four or five scenes. I had a mohawk, like, straight up. They had no idea what to do with me, because at the time, they were, like, like, unfortunately, it was, like, there was one specific type of black woman that was shooting porn, and, um... It was for very black porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't fit that category. And then there was the only other type was like maybe a light skin, like a fair skinned woman with like straight hair. And I didn't fit that either at mm-hmm. all, obviously. And so, um, yeah, it was just I got slapped in the face with racism pretty hard. And I, I quit immediately. I was like, I can't do this as. I had people asking me to fake my race and, like, all this crazy shit. Fake your race? Yeah. They were saying, like, we'll shoot you, but we have to market you as Latina. And I'm like, I'm literally not. And also, that's stupid as fuck because it doesn't – you can be Latina and black. Yeah. But remember, this is Florida. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was real bad. So I ended up just getting in a relationship and I – worked at, like, one of the most prominent strip clubs in fucking America, and it's Club Miami. 
and I had a blast. And then, but I decided I still wanted to shoot porn, so I left my boyfriend. Um, went on like sugardaddydating.com just to see if I could like fuck random dudes mm-hmm. and like enjoy myself. And I did. <laughs> I really, really did. Um, and so then I, and uh, I want to say like what, 2018, that's when I was like doing extensive research, founding, finding what I thought um, to be the best agency and lined myself up some shoots in L.A., did it. I met with Spiegler, uh, got with his agency, and like I, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. So let's go back. Tell me about your very first scene. Was it a boy girl or a girl girl? My very first porn scene was. It was a boy girl, yeah, and it was with this guy. I don't remember his name, but. I was absolutely terrified, and like because they they saw the mohawk, I think they really like shushed up the mohawk, and it was just like a regular like it was. I think for reality kings, okay, yeah, and it was like it was it was pretty basic, just a basic scene. I looked absolutely clueless, <laughs> as everyone does in their first scene. <laughs> Please don't look at it, anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with my first scene. Um, so were you nervous going into it? And like, did you start to like when it started happening? Did it feel like okay, this is something I can do? Or my first scene when I fir- like in Florida, or my first your very whatever your very very first scene because that's like um, a, usually a pivotal moment in people. I lives. was yeah, I was absolutely excited. I was absolutely like, this is definitely what I want to fucking do. Like the worst part of the day was paperwork. <laughs> the rest was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like I have people doing my makeup, this and that. It was really. It was so exciting. Yeah. I was very much like, this is what I want to do. And I could not believe that I was like doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> so then you signed with Spiegler and you started doing more scenes. And then you signed with Brothers. Yeah. So, a little bit in between. So, I signed with Spiegler. I think I was with him for. Two year from like what 2018 to the end of 2019, and um, after that, I mean, I I kind of endured a lot. Uh, this industry puts everyone through the ringer, but um, being like a black woman in this um, a white dominant. Um, industry where they can be like very outwards with their racism kind of broke me down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like the second I started actually, because my, my scenes were like, I got a couple really cool scenes, but for me, I kind of was watching like a lot of other people surpass me um, based off of skin color alone um, and connection to youth like looking more perhaps youthful um 
that is something I noticed right away because everyone was so against me getting a boob job and I didn't understand why until I realized like, oh, this breaks your fantasy of me being like super youthful looking because of the breast size. Right. So now they can't stick you in the teen so category. So now I'm not, I'm leaving the teen category, you're in that, which was the fucking goal. You're in like that weird middle category between like teen and MILF where they're like, yeah. you're just a hot 20 year old. <laughs> like, what do we do with you? Like, we can't. Yeah. I'm can't like, I don't know you. what to do. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, ridiculous. It's really insane. So, yeah, I, um, where did I go? I lost my train of thought. Uh, you, so you got, we were getting to you signing with Brazzers, but you got a boob job and oh, people yeah. were against well, it. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I wanted to hit on that a little bit just because it was like a lot of people see my career as like she got in and then she's Spiegler and then Brazzers. And it's like it was actually a lot harder than um, all of that, I would say. And I, I also had my agency. Um, my goal was Brazzers and everyone told me they would just never – um, signed me, including my agency. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, this is fucking useless. And I feel awful. I felt like I was pressured to, like, people were trying to pressure to me, me to do things. I had a really low rate. Like, um, no one would pay me more. Or I was told that no one would pay me more. So I left. And then I immediately had a full-on breakdown because of a couple things, one of them uh, being, like, I think I kind of outed, like, I was told not to talk about um, one of my scenes for Vixen that went really wrong, um, where black women were treated extremely poorly, and also just talent in general, where we were in unhealthy, unclean conditions, and It was a very long day, and it was just very bad. And so after, like, I was threatened into silence, um, I lost my fucking mind. And um, after I, like, you know, had pretty much, like, been, like, almost assaulted by this guy, like, and to see him working again and then have, like, nobody do anything about it and everyone kind of move forward, I, I broke down and I left. This was, like... Was this a scene partner? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a scene partner. Um, and it was, like, a, 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 it was, like, a wank city R. And so I mentioned them because I do think it's a dangerous company. And I do... Um, I want people to be careful. So anyway, yeah, the guy changed his name and everything came back in, tried to assault me, I reported it, and then, like, nothing really happened. And a couple things so you happened. Re- you reported it? I Yeah, I mean, I told my agent, and then I said, you know, I want him obviously on my no list. This guy's horrible. I do feel like my agent screamed at everybody. But I was then told that I was actually not allowed to have a no list. So to me, being told that I am not allowed to have a no list, that's me losing autonomy over my body. Mm-hmm. That that gets into a sticky area. Yeah. That's very not cool. That's very unsafe, very bad. So... um 
I basically just left the industry in 2019. And I was just like, I'm never fucking doing this again. And that's when I just went public about how I really felt about everything. And I said, I named names, I named companies, everyone blacklisted me and I didn't give a fuck because I was like, you guys put me through too much. You put other people through too much. And so then when I thought everything was done and I was like, so I was pretty removed and just doing OnlyFans solo stuff Brazzers reached out and I was like, what? And they they were like, I remember the phone call. And like, um, I remember them being like, yeah, we want to contract you. And I was like, was that like what? so out of left field? Yeah, it was so out of left field because I, I had just like burned so many bridges, called out so many companies, people, everything that wronged me. And so I really was just like, I don't care. Um, and this was around the time when, like, not a lot of people were speaking out. And it's not because they were cowards. It's because we didn't really have the financial um, bearings to reach out and risk ble- being blacklisted. Yeah. But I felt, like, confident in my OnlyFans enough to be like, I don't care. I don't need any of this. Um, and... We all were really lucky during, like, 2020. We mm-hmm. were some of the luckiest people, I would say, on the planet. Yeah. I mean, um, COVID really, like, changed things, and yeah. everyone's only fans exploded. Everyone's only – yeah, so – And that was probably that moment when you really realized you could be independent and you could survive. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, I'm totally done now. And then I, I still didn't want to shoot porn. I felt, like, beaten by the industry – I felt like um, there was not going to be any change because so many before me has have like said things for so many years and years. I'm, I was just like, over it, and then Brazzers reaches out, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" Absolutely, yes. And so I did. I signed with them. Um, just curious, did you ask them like why they reached out to you? Because, I mean, you seem so surprised. So did you? I don't think I asked why. I I was confused. And then they were like, do you not want to do this? And I was like, no, I do. (laughs) You know what? I did. We had had that discussion about, like, why do why? Because I was like, are you fucking serious? Like... And they actually did say that they were working to change to make a lot of changes um, on their end and that they want to own up to like a lot of wrongdoing and a lot of like like race exclusive sites and titles is something that they wanted to like re- they were very serious about they were serious about not working with people that were ex- like extremely racist and outward mm-hmm. about it and so they said that I was like extremely aligning with them and the changes that they were wanting to make and um yeah, that's why I signed because I was like, this company seems to give a shit. So let's. Did it surprise you that like probably the biggest adult company in the industry, one of the biggest adult sites for sure, if not the biggest, um, yeah. like wanted to align with you on that? Like, were you surprised? Because you know we talk so much about how corporations only care about money; they only care about money. They don't care about people. Right. Like, was this? Was this a surprise to see a corporation essentially caring about people? 
I was definitely surprised. I was also suspicious. Mm-hmm. Because what I've been through in this industry is, has been a lot of bullshit. Like, I would say it's like 90% of what, like, people have said to me in this industry is bullshit. Yeah. So. Just in business in general. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Them reaching out. I was surprised, but I felt like. How can I say this? I felt like they did it in such a respectful way in which it benefits both of us. Mm -hmm. Like, I think companies are kind of starting to see that actually black porn does sell Mm -hmm. and um, black women are extremely sexy and beautiful and valuable and bring in a ton of money. I know I fucking bring them in money because they would not be having me resign this much. And I think that OnlyFans proved that to me um, because before OnlyFans, I literally thought that my worth was so very little in this industry. And seeing it right there in front of your face and seeing your fans not complain about, like... it anything like your hair like it natural hair like the more natural I went the more the less I gave a fuck like I literally stopped shaving my armpits I stopped putting on makeup and I just had my hair natural or I would change my hair to whatever color this all was because of a depressive episode I was just like trying to find something and like I made more money doing that and dropping the the, I the guess, ideologies yeah. of, like, perfection that porn had put onto me. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I had to be very cookie-cutter once again, and then it's like the less I did, the more yeah. money and the more of a reaction I ha- I got. It's so interesting because it's, like, an experience like that, and I think what OnlyFans has shown us is people really strive for that connection. Like, people... And they want that authenticity. Like, people love authenticity as much as the media and society tries to tell you that, like, you should look and you should be this way. Like, truthfully, and I think one of the good things about social media has shown that people just love, like, authentic people. Like, I look at your TikTok and, like, the ridiculous (laughs) stuff that you put on there, and I could never, like, be... Like that, like is just you are like you Ridiculous. love to like make faces where like you like yeah. try to look ugly. I mean, you can't look <laughs> ugly, but you try. You try very hard, and like I could can't do that because I'm way too vain. And but I'm just I no. look at that and I'm just like, what a free soul. You know, I just love it. Yeah. Like I just love it. Oh, I love how authentic you are and like how silly you are. Like all of yeah. that is just feels so endearing because it. I don't know. It just makes you feel like you're just like. It's relatable, you know? Yeah. I think my fans really like that, too. They know that I'm, like, an actual person, so mm-hmm. I'm, like, a relatable human being. So, I don't know. It just worked. I was absolutely shocked because I went from, like, wearing, like, the weaves. Not that there's anything wrong with them. I'll still wear them. I love changing it up. But I thought I had to wear, like, weaves and have my nails be fucking white and clean all the time with nothing and everything my skin needs to look perfect and it's like they just don't give a shit 
Mm-hmm. Like, they just simply do not give a shit. Like, there was a time when I would not shoot anything unless I had eyelashes on and, like, wouldn't eat. Like, it got into unhealthy, like, behavioral patterns because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I have a shoot tomorrow. Okay, oh, my God, I'm bloated. I look disgusting. And I'm like, it's – it really, like, is all in your head and it's crazy. Especially – I do like to see now, like, you see more shapes and sizes in porn. Mm-hmm. And they're not restricted to – not that BBW is restricting only. I think it's positive. Um but they're not, like, restricted to this. Like, I'm not restricted to black scenes because mm-hmm. that was a thing. Like, mm-hmm. there there was – I was very much told to my face by several companies, like, oh, I wish we could shoot you more, but we, like, met our black girl quota. Like, we only have three black girl scenes a month. Okay, so yeah. for them to have that <laughs> is one thing. For them to say that to you And it was, like, a like, couple. It was, like, at least five – so prominent cringy. like directors for companies said this to me and like man it just like it beats you fucking down yeah. like the only like i fully believe that i got popular because i got i was like the backup girl i was always available being a speaker girl means you are always ready to go you're always tested and you're going to do a lot for maybe not, like, the highest rate. So that's why, like, you get booked more than other girls. And also they're beautiful, but, Mm -hmm. like, there's tactics here in play that I think, like, I wish I had known about and that I think a lot more people are finding out about, that there's there's all these tactics, and it kind of takes – it doesn't necessarily take away from the glamour, but it just adds more of a chance and equals the playing field and, like, helps eases the mind of the newer, like, the newcomers that mm-hmm. are, like, wondering why they don't get this and these other people might get that and this and that. There's, like, so much going on all the time. Yeah. So. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should, too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. We all know Adam and Eve is the one-stop shop for everything sexy. And now, with my code HOLLY, you can get any one item for 50% off, plus 10 free gifts. And you'll even get free shipping. So spice up your sex life at adamandeve.com, but only if you use code HOLLY. So, Demi, we, we definitely, like, touched on racism and, you know, what you've experienced in the industry. Yes. What's your opinion on, like, categories such as ebony? 
Um, do yeah. you feel that that's a good thing? Do you feel it's a bad thing? I've heard different perspectives from different yeah. performers. I think it is just so fucking confusing at this point because before I was like abolish all categories, only look up sex acts. This is like detrimental to society. Um, so that's one way to think of it as like, yeah, we should just look up sex acts. But then another um, aspect is like from the viewer's point of view being that like, what if you want to see yourself in the porn? Like what if it's a POV and you are a black man? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you'll want to see black men fucking whoever they're fucking right. um, specifically. So, like, how does one look that up if there's no category? And it's, like, people will argue, like, names. But, like, before porn, I think I knew about three porn star names. Yeah. So... Most porn consumers don't necessarily know people by name. Yeah, I knew, like, literally three. So, I I still I still see the the... I see the need for it, and we've already, like, done, I think, with the, like, um, porn companies and the tube sites. They've kind of already done it. They've already, like, we're all categorized by race um, being, like, race being specifically what we look like, Mm -hmm. not what we, our ethnic background actually is, per se, just, like, what we fucking look like, Um so I, I guess I'm not really for or against it. Um, when it comes to, like, porn titles, I'm absolutely against it. But when it comes to, like, just sites, it's almost like I don't really know another what, another thing that they could do. Like, I don't have um, a way to fix this. I don't even have any ideas on how to fix it or if it needs fixing because this is just like certain people have a type and it's a physical type so maybe they want to like look up that type of person. Mm -hmm. Is it right or wrong? I don't know. Like I literally don't know. I used to be very black and white with this stuff, with this type of stuff and now I'm kind of like I don't fucking know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not for or against it, per se. Yeah. Right. Okay. Have there been any, um, you mentioned movies. Mm -hmm. Have you been, have you ever seen yourself featured in a movie or on the cover of like a DVD Mm -hmm. box cover with a title that was just like deeply offensive? Yes. I definitely have. Um, Multiple times. That's why I just like, I... I feel for the people coming in because you don't always like it's for in in my experience I was not told the title of what I would be doing or even the website. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm I'm like minding my business on fucking Twitter and then I see like something from Dog Fart that's like wet black tits or like wefuckblackgirls.com. I think that's literally the name of their website. And to me, I'm like, that is so gross and grimy. I think when you build a website 
off of the fetishization of a race of a person, I think that's absolute trash. And I think that's completely wrong. And I think sites like Blacked, I've always fucking screamed about Blacked and Dogfart. Um, and it's funny because people always attack me. I get like severe, severe attacks. I mean, death threats, violent photos sent to me, uh, just so much hatred. And it used to break my heart. It used to really break me down. Um, now I don't really give a shit. I think they're all trolls and I think they're ignorant because they get mad at me for working with white men and and then also shitting on blacks.com. But what they're like neglecting to recognize is me shooting with white men is not the same as a company fetishizing black men in the way in which they do. Like these are two completely different things. Like I'm I'm anti-racist. And when I call out racism, I'm often met with Oh, but you fuck white guys. But it's like these scenes that you're doing, it's not like Demi Sutra fucks a white man. Yeah, I'm like... It's not, <laughs> it's not sold like that. I'm not working for whited, you know? <laughs> this is like, it's literally blacked. Like, and blacked, the word alone, like seeing it thrown, thrown across the bodies of all these white women is just like so disgusting to me and so like this is not like historically this is gonna look fucking bad because um blacked just the word alone comes from it's derived from a different word we Mm -hmm. all know the fucking word it's the Mm n-word hard r because when when back in the day Literally not that long ago, by the way. Um, There were white women having sex with black men. And then um, they were somehow, like, tainted or whatever. And, like, they were seen as dirty or ruined because they, like, their Puritan white body was touched by this big, mean, animalistic black man, which, like, even if you look into the science, like, even the science was racist because, like, they tried to scientifically prove that black men were closer to animals uh, than um, humans. And so that that's where the, like oh, you're white and you're you're fucking a black dude, now you're tainted. This is so taboo and crazy. Became even more taboo when it was actually legal, when it was actually okay to do. And um, it was more widely accepted, but it was barely accepted. It was accepted in the sense that if a white man got mad that you fucked a black uh that you as a black man fucked his white sister, you're getting like hung. Like you're getting like, you're getting X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And so now when we market things uh, like blacked, a site based on these big 
tatted black males with huge monster cocks fucking these skinny, like, frail-bodied, no shade white women and like they're literally being told not to smile and told to like point out and repeatedly say black black his black dick like this black man is fucking me and like all this shit it's the same thing they are capital they are then capitalizing on a taboo reference a taboo thing from the past um, and they're appeasing white men. Who do you think watches the site? Like, yeah. you know, I had King Noir on a while ago, and he made a really good point talking about like the racist roots of like the the, <coughs> the, the BBC word, the big yeah. black cock, and how like it's ingrained exactly. in slavery. Yeah, and how when they would you know buy slaves off the market, they would you know. Because they had they had like these breeding farms. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't need to tell you this, I'm sure. Absolutely. But this was like a real education for me. They had these breeding farms, and so they would you know look for these black slaves, and they and these white men thought that like oh the bigger the dick they have, the more viral they are, the more likely they are to impregnate yeah. these other slaves because we need more like slaves. They're gonna do. They were treated as cattle and yeah. put on display. So <clears throat> it's really crazy because there's like a black male experience. With racism and then a black female experience. People negate to separate the two. Like, the black men were put on display for their penis sizes. And then the black women were put on display for their, like, curves to see, like, okay, well, she's got childbearing hips. She can create more property for us. Um, So this is good. And it was just like... So black women, and obviously there was a lot of um, rape. Like, they were raped a lot. And, like, it it was just, like, black the black female body was used and, like, so beaten and so, and so sexualized and so was the, the black male body. But it, it's, like, different. Mm-hmm. It's different. So now when I think... Um, I think when people, when black people see black women with white men or even just being sexual, being sexy, being sexually liberated, free, um, I think it triggers something like that. And then they like, I think it goes back that far. Yeah. I think it goes back that far because when you see the black men, they're just worshipped and idolized for their, um, like, their penis size and the amount of women they work with and them working with white women. Like, it's almost fucking glamorized. Mm -hmm. It is glamorized. And then for me, when I work with white men, it's like I am literally torn down. I am currently being torn down online for doing my first anal scene with Alex Jones, and they're saying that he's not black enough. So I'm just like... (laughs) And, like, all through 2020 and 21, like, all of my content was with black men. So, like, it's not... Even when I was trying to appease the masses of what my fans were saying... I thought they were my fans. These are not my fans. But 
there were tons of people screaming at me for working with white dudes. So I was like, all right, so I actually have worked with Isaiah Maxwell more than anyone in this industry. More As than- well you should, because he is lovely. Yeah, I love like, Isaiah. It's, so it's literally <laughs> untrue. They see me with, like, I would say it's pretty much 50-50 straight yeah. up, because especially now, because that's something that I 100% request is like, I need to be working with black people or I'm just not happy. Like, I I like a good mix. And even in, like, 2020, when I was just working with black men on OnlyFans, the second I got with Brazzers, they fucking lost their minds. And I'm like, it's so interesting to me that these same bullies scream at me for working with every type of race but they scream at me for shitting on blacks.com with very valid like concerns, my very valid concerns. And the reason why I come harder for blacked than any other um, company is because it's so glamorized, not because, uh, I, oh, I worked for dog fart, so I'm not going to come for them. I already did it. I've did the same thing for the past like six years. The records are there. Um, a lot of people say I don't. I don't. I don't come for other things like dog fart, and I never say anything about um, what is it? Oh, fuck. There's a really fucked up site. I don't even want to say the name of it. Okay. But it's like a site where black women are basically essayed. It looks like they're being essayed, and they they puke and they drink it, and it's it's called ghetto gaggers, actually. Oh yeah. And a lot of people, like a lot of the rebuttal I get is like, "Oh, you don't say anything to them," and it's like, "Yes, I did. I have for years." And and actually, honestly, it's incredibly obvious that these are bad sites. Whereas with Black.com, it's so well shot, and there's so much money put into it that people just see it as glamorous. But these are two of the same things. They're just doing it in different ways, but they're doing the same thing. And it's like nobody seems to care um, because they want money and they they see opportunity. And, I mean, I don't hate the people that worked for these sites. I just don't align with them. And that's fine because I don't know anyone else's story. Maybe you really need that money. Yeah. I'm not going to like say that, oh, I've never done anything in my career that I regret because I definitely have. Mm-hmm. But like when you kind of it's, – it's about integrity. And once you reach a point in which you can sustain yourself, what, what happens then? Right. Like, what do you do next? Are you going to continue doing that dumb shit for clout? And most of them have unfortunately proven to do that. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that is just talked about a lot. Yeah. But a lot of people on who've, it's tiring. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And I do a lot for my community. I always have. I've always pushed um, black women more than anyone else because we have the least amount of opportunities in this industry than any other person. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like black women and then perhaps like Asian men. Yeah. Like we have the fucking hardest time in this industry. And it's like, 
I would like to prove that you can still like you can still do it because like I told everyone to go fuck themselves and then I got a Brazos contract so you can stand up for yourself and have your integrity and like have your meltdown tell everyone to fuck off and then still like come back as long as you're like I think your heart is true and you like what you're doing yeah so speaking yeah. of meltdowns, yeah, <laughs> um, you've always been very, very open about your struggles with mental health. Excuse me. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, where do I start? What would, I, what, what would you like to know? Well, okay. Well, here's a good question. So there's a lot of people who would argue that being in porn would exacerbate your mental health, that it would make it worse for you. Yeah. Okay. Has that, how has your experience been like in that regard? Um, I can absolutely agree with that statement. I do think that porn can quite easily exacerbate your mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I got extreme body dysmorphia, which then led to a, a pretty serious eating disorder, actually, which was so weird for me. Because I'm 32, and this happened when I was, like, I don't know, 28, 29. I I don't even know. But in my career, I reached a point where I thought I needed to starve myself in order to get booked. Like, your brain, what I've noticed is your brain will, whatever, like, it will attach itself to this, idea that like if if you're not confident within yourself and you struggle with self-esteem and mental issue mental health issues especially depression um and compulsivity and um autism like seeing those you're gonna see injustice and you're gonna do the comparison thing and it's it can break you down so yeah, I do think the porn industry can exacerbate your mental health issues in an extremely devastating way. Do you think that that also happens like across other industries that focus on your physical appearance as well? Like fashion I would modeling. Say so. I see fashion models almost glamorize their anorexia all mm-hmm. the time. I think in porn we kind of like we don't exactly glamorize it, but a lot of, I would say, nine and a half out of ten people, both men, women, them, everyone has struggled with the body dysmorphia thing or the comparison thing or thinking that, like, you're not good enough and this is the reason why, so fix it and then you'll get it. And then you do it and then you do the next thing, like... And it's like, no, it's actually not. It's, like, internal. So I I do think it exacerbated my mental health, but it also keeps me going now. Like, now I feel like even when I'm, like, super depressed and I've let everything go, like, it almost motivates me to remain healthy because I saw how quickly everything deteriorates when you become unhealthy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, a lot of people choose drugs and alcohol to help with that. 
um, which I have also done. I've also done that to where um, you're, like, leaving. You just want to leave. I, I got to a point in my career where it was so – I was so – getting everything I wanted and so detached that I, like, would just physically leave my body. And if I couldn't mentally do it, I would just use a substance to force myself out of my body, but to do the job I needed to, I felt that I needed to do, even though I didn't want to necessarily do that job. Mm -hmm. I was just like, all right, I just won't deal with this. I'll just fucking drink and like talk about it later I'll just deal with it later I thought it disappeared it Mm -hmm. I want to make very clear that it never go it never erases it like it just puts it on the back burner and it comes up later in life because I feel like I did that a lot in my 20s where I was like oh I really don't want to do this I'm not being paid enough I don't like the guy I don't trust the situation I don't like this and I was just like Fuck it. I'll just, like, slam some drinks and, like, get the job done. Right. And, like, it was bad. It got dark. So do you feel like you're in a better place now? And how how did that yeah. how did that happen? Like, how did you get there? I feel like I, I'm in an amazing place now. It's not perfect. Like, I still have manic depressive episodes. Um, I struggle very much with ADHD. Um, I am autistic. Um, it's very, it's really, it's like a roller coaster. So what I've learned is that I'm kind of a go with the flow person that needs structure at time and the structure necessity fluctuates in the sense that sometimes I need like, this is what I'm going to literally like my lists will be like brush teeth meditate, get in the shower, do hair, and then it's like eat food, drink water. Like I sometimes, some days I just need that. And then um, other days when I'm more manic, like on the upspring of it, um, coming out of a low perhaps. And when I say low, I mean a depressive episode, can't leave the bed, suicidal thoughts, like all of these things. Um after that, I kind of tend to go high, and that's when, like, all my ideas and my creativity and everything's pumping, and I, I have to try to, like, organize and manage everything. And then I also have learned to, like, prepare myself for the low. Mm. So now I can, like, I make – if I'm up there, if I'm, like, manic, I'm going to make all my meals. I ordered my, like – little containers so that I can make sure I'm eating, I'm drinking water, and I'm okay. And, like, fortunately, I'm at a place in life where I don't have to depend on mainstream um, at all. So I, if I'm having a bad day and I don't want to work and I, I just can't do it, then I just won't. I'll just honor that and try to, like, pop my plants or pay attention to the dog mm-hmm. more. So I will say, like... While for me, it it did at first, the industry did kind of beat my ass with the comparison, the racism, the, you know, all of the bad. Uh, I still have all of the good. I have, like, financial freedom. I have exciting, like, things that are coming out. I love 
um, doing new things. I feel like I'm just now relearning how to have sex. It's so fucking weird. Like, people think I'm such a cliche. I'm such a fucking cliche because it's like people think that I'm like this, oh, my God, I'm this porn star. I'm so sexual and, like, confident and, like, fuck yeah. When in reality, like, if I like someone, I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? (laughs) Hi, you're pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kira deals with it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to... Kira talks about... Kira Noir, by the way. She does talk about that a lot. Oh, good. Yeah, because it's really... It's very, like... It's very strange to me, but it's also, like, exciting. I'm trying to be excited past the awkwardness of, like, learn, relearning, like, intimacy and true intimacy. Because, like, sex and fun and the wild stuff is fine. But what I actually am deeply attracted to is intimacy... Um, in different forms, which don't really include sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's wild to like because I spent so much time leaving my body and not being present in my body for sex. Um, I I now am like here. I'm very present, and I'm like wow. It's like I'm like I feel like a fucking virgin. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like such a nerd with sex. I'm like, oh, what do we do? Oh, my God, it's happening. Like, you know, but it's refreshing to know that I can I can do that and you can come back. Because I've been through a lot. And to come back, it, it means a lot to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the... The, the journey back and the person that you become after you go through those things, I think, is it's kind of what life's all about, right? Because yeah. it's not a real, it's not like an easy ride for anybody. Yeah. And it's it's how you weather those storms. Right. You know? Yeah. So speaking of Kira, you're in a polyamorous relationship at the yes. moment. So tell <laughs> us, tell us about that. How is that going? So that's going really good. Um, I love her very much. I want to make it clear that like I am dating her I'm not dating Leo. She's dating Leo. So that's like completely separate. This is my first experience with a polyamorous relationship. And I will say it is a struggle dealing with like jealousy and things like that. Like I struggle with, but it also is almost relieving in the sense that like I don't have to be someone's everything all the time. Mm. And that's really... Nice. Like with my, especially with my like mental health, like I, I isolate and I will literally need time alone and I don't have to worry about somebody who's so codependent on me being there or being perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love her a lot. I don't know. I have loved her for so long and I, I just don't see it ever stopping like even if we were to like not I think like we would still have the same love Mm -hmm. for each other which is really special because like I there's not a lot of people I could say that about like I'm usually like I I don't know I've just loved her for a really long time I love that. So, how excited were you when she won Female Performer of the Year at AVN? Oh my god, I was so excited because like Kira, 
I don't think people understand how hard she works. Like, this girl works her fucking ass off, like, nonstop. And she she really deserved that. Like, she deserves a lot more. Like, which I, I, I could just see her getting so much bigger and so much more. And it makes me so proud because I remember, like, you know, hearing her maybe not say the nicest thing about herself every once in a while, like we all do. Yeah. And so now I have this thing where I can shove it in her face that she's actually award winning. And so she's lying to herself. <laughs> I'm like the the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> like so I, I'm I was just extremely proud. I actually regret not being there, but she called me like the instant after everyone stopped cheering. And, like, seeing that picture of her up there on stage, like, barely, I think she's like this because she, like, can't even handle it. Yeah, she's, like, on the verge of tears. Yeah. My favorite, I wasn't there either. one of my favorite photos. But I did, I did watch, like, the video. And my favorite thing was the way that the entire industry stood up and, like, clapped for her. Like, you can, I'm getting getting emotional emotional too. (laughs) Kira, you have us in tears. It's what like, she's just been through. Yeah. And she's just such like there's nobody who like doesn't love her. Like working with her, she's so great. And just to see like the way that everybody was like behind her on that, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's those moments and you know, like the adult industry is a lot of things. It ain't perfect. Yeah. Like like you've <laughs> articulated so well. But when you see those moments where like the community really comes together and like celebrates somebody who like deserves it so much, there's like something that's so deeply moving about that. It's that part. It's the part about like how much she deserves it and like you know, she's been through a lot and watching her like blossom into like this confident award-winning like that bitch it's definitely um very moving and it's something that I've kind of have always wanted even when we were just friends like I always just wanted her to be able to like see how beautiful and talented and like loved that she really is so I'm just hoping that it um it continues to do that for her because like that's just really what she deserves. Like, she really deserves it. Yeah. Like, she's really a great person. Yeah. So, um, it's nice to see that. I'm so fucking proud of her. <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah. My little inspo. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Who knew that we were going to start crying over <laughs> Kira Noir winning? ABN female before we're of the really year. I don't care about that type of stuff, <laughs> you know? But, like, I like watching her. Like, yeah. oh, God. She's just adorable. And she really, she worked hard for that. So yeah. that yeah. means a lot. Congratulations, Kira. Yeah. You're, we love you. Her more than me because she knows you better. My but little baby. I also love you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Um, so we are going to wrap this up. I do have some Patreon questions for you. i got a lot of questions for you that people have okay. asked. So yeah. we'll get to that in a bonus segment. But before we finish up, um, you know, considering everything that you've been through, uh, I just was wondering if you had a piece of advice for, like, a new girl looking to get into the industry. 
Like, what do you know now that you wish you had known back then? <sighs> well, this sucks because we we're just like leaving on such a so <laughs> the awards, while Kira specifically worked her ass off to get that award. Um, I do know that there is a negative impact on um, focusing your whole entire goal and value on these awards. Mm-hmm. Um, my piece of advice is to put your time into yourself and uh, hang on. I got to think of what I would like literally tell myself like. Um, maybe like stay true to who you are like keep going and don't let anyone push you to do anything that you aren't ready for and don't let don't feel like you're gonna miss out because whatever is meant for you will literally be for you but also don't be afraid to ask and not everybody um, that acts like your friend is your friend. <laughs> Some of these hoes suck, okay? <laughs> and I mean the men too, because the men's is hoes too. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, keep going, stay true to self, and stay fucking unique. Because that's something that I, I slipped up on for a little while. But I, when I got in... There was no way I was going to shoot looking like this. I had Mm -hmm. to remove all my piercings and everything. But now I think there's a way in which you can commit to your individuality, and I think that is my biggest piece of advice. Commit to your fucking self. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, to unfairly, actually, it's probably easier to do that now with way easier now platforms like OnlyFans and stuff like that before yeah. you were beholden to whoever was going to book you. Yeah. So, Girls like Valerica, Valerica, I can't remember her last name, but she's got this purple hair, tattoos, like, there's just girls that look, I think Olivia J, too. Like, a lot of girls are, like, wearing their natural hair mm-hmm. or, like, Colorful hair, tattoos, and piercings, and all this stuff is more widely accepted. So don't be scared. Be yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> have a meltdown, and browsers will sign you. Yeah, just have a meltdown. <laughs> Tell everyone you hate them. Don't lie about it, but like be honest, and then you'll get a contract. That's great. <laughs> well, Debbie, thank you so much. You... um you're just uh, a shining bright light. Thank you so world. much. And it was such a pleasure <laughs> to have you on. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Yeah. Do I look here? That is your camera, so you can Hello, look Hello, everybody. <laughs> so um, you can find me on Twitter. It's just at Demi Sutra. There's so many fakes. Um, and then Instagram at Braddy Demi underscore official. And more importantly, my OnlyFans, which is DemiSutra.com. Fantastic. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Go to hollylinks.com for all of my social media platforms and my OnlyFans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> wow. And uh, 
If you're a Patreon member, you will be able to access the special Q&A we're going to do right now, um, where our Patreon members send in their questions. Oh, yay. I'm excited, Q&A. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you give Demi a follow if you're not already. Let her know that you saw her here on this podcast so she knows that I did not waste her time. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. A great way to show your love is to rate and review my show, and an easy way to do that is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU, and you'll be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports, and then led to where you can leave your review. And if you could afford to financially support this podcast, you can do so for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com Unfiltered. This is where you'll get access to the live streams of my interviews, bonus Q&As with my guests, access to my fine art photography and behind the scenes of my shoots, free memberships to my not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, and so much more. You can watch the video versions of these podcasts at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Join us every Sunday evening for episode premieres where you can chat live with myself and other HRU fans as we watch the newest release together. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of my social media links are at hollylinks.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.